Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to yet another podcast of Doctors and Must with me, Dr. Masi Kurir. Today we have an interesting conversation with one of my friends from a while ago since we were working in Machakos County. Back then it was still under national government. He says he's out of the youth bracket but he's still youthful. This is Dr. Andrew Mulwa, the immediate former chief executive, chief County Executive Committee member for health, Makoni County. Yes, and now he has moved on to bigger things. Um, Dr. Mulo, welcome. It's thank, always a pleasure you, talking thank to you. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Masi Corin, and thank you for hosting me in this show. Uh, it's always a pleasure on my side to share insights uh, with, uh, with you and uh, the Standard Group. Thank you, thank you. So I'm always fascinated by... Your story, one story, that you got a Y in your KCSE, had to redo a whole year, and still managed to, you know, excel. How did that happen? I, I think, to be honest, uh, in the year 2000, I was a small boy. I was very young. Uh, probably I was not of age to join a university immediately, and probably that's why the results were cancelled, because I was 17. At the time that I had done my uh, first uh, KCSE, uh, KCSE rather, and uh, Makweni boys in the year 2099 uh, out of 139 uh, students that had done KCSE at that time got their results cancelled. Unfortunately, I was amongst uh, uh, the 99. Uh, despite scoring A's in all the subjects that I had done, uh, I got a Y in chemistry, which was one of my best subjects. Uh, and uh, the Ken- Kenya National Examination Council cited that uh, there was cheating uh, in the chemistry uh, practical paper. Mm-hmm. One wonders how that can happen. But uh, I think uh, if it were today, I would ask more questions. But I was young. I was focused. I, all I wanted was to have my good grades and join a university, get a career. And therefore, we let it be. Uh, I also uh, was not coming from a privileged family where we could even consider issues of litigation. So uh, my parents could not even think about that as an option. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it was alleged that uh, I showed the other students the chemistry practical question one. I don't know how that is able to happen mm-hmm. uh, to date. I have never been able. I wish someone would at some point come and explain to me how it is possible mm-hmm. for someone to show the other mm-hmm. students and uh, a practical. And this is a practical. You are index one. I was index one. So that means everyone else had something similar to you. Yes. So one wonders because practicals are done at the same time. We had three groups. We were divided into three groups, I think, of 40 or, 40 or 45. Uh, so one wonders because we did uh, index one to, uh, I think, 50 or thereabout or 40, 45. 
did as first lot in three different rooms. Uh, so one wonders because uh, the cancellation was not done for just the group that I was in the same room with or the group that were to do after our first cohort uh, because that would would explain if like for example uh, the group that I was in the same room with uh, got their results cancelled and the rest got their results then that would explain but how do you explain that I showed people who we were doing the same at the same exam at the same time and not in the same room I mean I have never mm-hmm. but uh, do I want to go to that I think yeah. it's not important. So what what lessons did you or what did you learn from that experience? Obviously it's not a good experience. I can imagine. C- can, You've can got an all is and a y. That means can, that uh, those, that you? test is null and void. Can I tell you? Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst part was not even the cancellation of results. The worst part is when I I, I went back to form 4, I would easily have my results if I had not done my KCP in the year 2000. In the year 2001, the examinable subjects were a minimum of seven. In the year 2000, examinable subjects were a minimum of eight. Mm -hmm. So if I had uh, done and we got a Y in 2001, I would still have my results because I had done three sciences uh, and therefore I had done one extra subject. So, I mean... Uh, that's the paradox of life that uh, mm-hmm. uh, I had to repeat and I was actually not necessarily required to do the chemistry if I had chosen not to. Mm-hmm. I would still have uh, gotten my gotten results. But uh, uh, do I say uh, I think that is where I became what I am today. That uh, was a very valuable lesson to my life. That is where I derive everything that I have from. Of course, during the uh, early childhood uh, are bringing there are many values that you pick from church, from society, from. But now, when you grow up and you now becoming an adult, you have to make some deliberate decisions in life. A lot of them are based on that experience. Mm-hmm. One, I learned that uh, it is not always uh, what you do uh, that uh, gives you the results that you get. There are many factors in play. You live in an environment that has so many factors that are coming at play, and therefore. Uh, you do what is best from yourself and hope things the other environmental factors will uh, play to suit the outcome that you want. And therefore, you must as well be aware of these factors and uh, work hard to ensure that you moderate the effects of those external environments to whatever you do. And I think that has been a very, very valuable lesson. I think uh, because uh, how I was wired before these results uh, were cancelled was uh, yeah, yeah, from grade one, from standard one, uh, number one, number one, number one. You do your exam, you pass. You do your exam, you pass. You go to the next level. You do your exam, you pass. Everyone in the village, in the household, uh, treats you as a special child. You are good. Everything that you touch, people think you are. Uh, it's a miracle. But mm-hmm. you come and realize a lot can, shit can happen. <laughs> <laughs> shit can actually happen. Uh, so you also now develop now that caution in life and start understanding uh, that uh, it takes a lot more than yourself being smart. Did and it humble you? Did it humble me? It, uh, it brought me into reality of life. Uh, and it uh, gave me a wider scope lens of looking at life and all the issues that I do, that uh, I 
don't like look at things that uh, I am I am good. I am I I know my stuff. It's not enough. You need to know your stuff. You need to be good, but uh, to perform well, to be counted, you have to do uh, more than that. So humble, yes, it made me realize that life is not a straight path and uh, has not been a straight path and will never be a straight path. Uh, but yeah, one has to continue uh, continuously uh, effort, uh, make effort to, to, mm -hmm. to control. Yeah, mm -hmm. circumstances and, mm -hmm. and, and environment and space. Okay. Um, did you always want to be a doctor? And did you think your cancellation of the results had quashed that dream? One, uh, I wanted to be a doctor from a very early age. I think I, if I have time, I could tell a story of the 24th of March, 1991. At that time, I was... Uh, uh, maybe eight, eight years or thereabout, uh, and I got ill. Uh, while in school, I still remember my brother, who is my senior brother, who is now a doctor, uh, carrying me home uh, because uh, we were in the village, we were walking about two and a half kilometers to school, and I felt ill in school. At that time, um, Ukambani was a malaria uh, endemic zone, and uh, I think I had a bout of malaria or something, severe malaria. So I went home and I, I was taken to, to, I was taken home. Our parents were poor. So the first thing that a child falls sick that time was not to take them to hospital. The hospitals were far. The hospitals, uh, I'm not sure whether they had drugs that at the time. I cannot remember. But uh, the hospitals were far and... The health-seeking behavior was that poor, that uh, uh, he's sick, uh, he stays home, and he stays home, and the disease, they hope that would uh, wane and get back to health. So I think I was taken on a Thursday, on a Thursday, yes, I was taken ill on a Thursday. So on Friday, I'm not going to school. In fact, my brothers were jealous of me that I'm sick. You know, when those times, True. you wished to get sick so, so that, that you don't go, you to, don't school. go to school. Then uh, I, if the Friday I'm sick, uh, I get sick, uh, severely sick on Saturday. Then on Sunday morning, I think I developed what today I think are febrile conversions or something of the sort, or probably conversions as a result of cerebral malaria, whatever it is. And yeah, I start conversing. And yeah, uh, after conversation, uh, one got into a, an hour of sleep. Then my mother, in a, because my mother is uh, illiterate uh, for all purposes and intents, she thinks the boy is dead. Then she goes to the village uh, uh, funeral committee to uh, call the village headman and the guys start gathering. Because those times, uh, mortuaries were not available actually. So what used to happen is uh, when someone dies at home, uh, Sand is brought and you are covered with sand and the sand is watered to act as a fridge uh, for the body as we prepare for the burial. So somehow I could not talk, but I could hear the conversations that were happening uh, in, in my uh, deep slumber. So they came, they confirmed I'm dead. Uh, then they started making arrangements. Then, they, uh, of course, the village... Uh, uh, 
committee, burial committee, the women went to fetch sand and, and all. Then uh, they were ready to bury me. I actually, even myself, because I could not talk, I could not move, I could not do anything. I think at that moment I also thought I was dead. <laughs> so uh, something happened. I have some senior brothers, and uh, one of my senior brothers was working uh, away in Machakos and decided to pass by and say hi to my father. There were no telephone calls then, so he would just show up without uh, saying I'm coming. Uh, there was no way of doing that. So he shows up and uh, he comes, he's told, uh, he's sad, uh, we have some very bad development here. Uh, your young brother is dead and, you know, uh, we are here preparing for his burial. Then he says he wants to see him. You know, I could hear the conversation. Uh, he says, can I see him? He comes, he touches and says, the boy is hot. Uh, he had a car. I think uh, a car that he had been given his place of work. So he rushed me to the today Makweni County Referral Hospital. Then on arrival, I was uh, taken in and admitted. I think I woke up after like three or four days uh, and I, I was well. So from that moment... You would have been buried alive. Uh, yes. And that I think I asked myself because uh, those days when we were in... Because child mortality at the time was high. Uh, other days, we used to have uh, colleagues that actually died of a weekend and were buried on the Monday. So by the time you come back, you, you are with someone in school on Thursday. By the time you come back on Monday, you are told. So and so died and they are buried. I, I, I keep asking myself, is it possible that there are other children who, who, who are, are killed, alive. <laughs> who are killed <laughs> uh, but, uh, in, in the way that because if I had been put, I would be put on sand. I would mm. not be here. Mm -hmm. So I actually decided to become a doctor because I thought uh, uh, they did a wonderful job to save my life. Mm -hmm. Another story, and mm -hmm. I remember the dates mm -hmm. uh, pretty well. When I was in Form 2, in Makweni Boys, I as well got uh, sick. This time round, I think I used to be those noisy ones. And therefore, after preps, when we go to the dormitory, I would make a lot of noise. I was informed too, so I thought I am no longer a mono. And therefore, I could make a few, uh, could make a few jokes in the dormitory cubicle that was spending in. And I made, I, I made my usual stories. Guys would sleep. I was the last one to sleep. Making stories to uh, okay, telling stories. I was. I am a good storyteller. I might not. So I tell my stories and I sleep. I do not have a problem with waking up early for preps because we used to wake up at uh, five for preps uh, in school. So on that day, that was twenty seventh of November, uh, October rather, twenty seventh of October. 1998. I, I tried to wake up in the morning and I feel I can't. I was sleeping in a double-decker, the top-decker. So I tried to get out of bed and I can't. I, in the same cubicle, I had a nephew, um, my, my senior brother's son, who were in the same uh, school, but he was uh, in Form 4 then. Uh, then I called him. I told him, uh, as you go to prep, I am unable to wake up. Everyone thought he's a joke. Because this guy, the last time we checked, he was making noise for us. So he was the one who was making, who was making us not to sleep. So he's just sleepy because he made a lot of noise and, you know. So no one believed that I'm sick. 
But I called him and told him, I don't think I am well. So he thought, yeah, I also, I'm just uh, sleepy and I don't want to go for preps. So morning come, uh, they go, we used to go for preps. Then at 6 a.m., they come, uh, students come back to the dormitories, do breakfast, uh, uh, cleaning, uh, take shower, uh, mm-hmm. clean the dormitory and assembly, then go back to class. So when they came back, uh, I could not go for breakfast. I think that's when my nephew realized something may be wrong. So he, he to try to tell the other students there that uh, this guy is sick. Everyone said, no, it's not possible. This guy was making noise for us. I think he just wants to Skype classes today. So uh, I think the teacher on duty, I cannot remember who it was, came at around 8.30 and it He found me in bed and he asked me, why are you in this? Because there are, there are many students who, for some reason, uh, when you are in that uh, uh, teenage age, you not want to go mm-hmm. to school for some reason. So you want to spend in bed. So he thought, I'm I'm just one of them. Then I told him, teacher, I'm very sick. He did not un- take me seriously. No one took me seriously. So I, 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 I at around uh, when other students were in school, so I asked that the dormitory be left open so that I'm able to uh, get out and go to the loo if I wanted. So I was led to stay, but no one believed that I'm seriously sick because no one even thought about taking me to school, to to, to hospital or anything, or even counting my parents. So at nine, I tried to get out to go for uh, um, the bathroom, which was... Uh, pit latrines which were uh, way outside so i tried to move and as on my way i go and i feel I have no energy i collapse outside the dormitory so students come for break they find me i've collapsed then they move me back to the dormitory and they let me be i think i developed what i think was a was it dysentery or diarrhea or whatever so I I am there in the dormitory. I'm all alone. I can't go to the loo and I'm alone and I have this boss of diarrhea. You can get what happened. Mm-hmm. So I had to soil myself and it was too much. Maybe that could have been cholera today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too much. By the time games time, because students come, lunch, mm-hmm. go, no one cares. By the time the students realize I'm actually sick, It's 7 p.m. I have lost consciousness. I don't know where I am. I am taken to hospital. I am admitted. Makwini County uh, Referral Hospital today. I am admitted. Again, day three is when I wake up and realize where I am. In fact, I thought I'm in school. I used to have an uncle who was working in the hospital. Uh, and when I woke up, he was by my bedside. So I still remember the words that I told him. I asked him, uncle, uh, how did you learn that I'm in school and I'm, in, I'm sick? Because everyone did not believe that I'm sick. So I actually thought I'm in, uh, still in the school dormitory. And that is, I think now, uh, looking back, is when now that reaffirmed my desire to do medicine. Mm-hmm. I was very good in engineering or, or science subjects, uh, physics, Uh, physical science and I really would have pursued a career in uh, engineering or, mm-hmm. uh, but because of those two experiences I think I chose to 
to do medicine. Did this experiences play a part in the kind of doctor that you became and even in the kind kind of county health executive that you became? To a very big extent. Mm-hmm. I am alive because I was given a second chance uh, twice by uh, health professionals, by the health system because I went to a facility the facility at the the relevant facilities to ensure that uh, I am able to get attended to I'm able to be managed with diagnosis with treatment that is what I I attribute my being uh, alive today to and therefore even when I became a doctor and working uh, in the uh, districts and hospitals then it was very frustrating to see uh, Uh, as a, I'm a doctor, sometimes you, I'm hopeless. Uh, one, you have a mother who has a, a, a bleeding, who is bleeding, who has a antepartum hemorrhage. You know uh, she needs surgical intervention, surgical management, and uh, you don't have to have a theater, or if when you have a theater, you do not have an anesthetist, and when you have an anesthetist, you don't have the anesthetic uh, commodities, And when you have the anesthetic commodities, you do not have a runner nurse or theater nurse. All these uh, those gaps. Uh, gaps in the system. You don't have a working sack. All those things. The, the, the anesthetic machine is, is, is down and all those things. Then you have to refer the mother. And you know, this mother needs 15 minutes to be sorted. The nearest Ifaro is 30 minutes. You are actually telling this mother, go and die far from me. And you know, Uh, that's the kind of a doctor that I wanted to be, a doctor that brings solutions to the health system as a whole. I remember when I went to Mboni uh, one time, uh, we lost a mother while I was uh, looking because, one, uh, we did not have a theater at the time. We did not have uh, blood. We did not have anything to that mother. And uh, the roads were poor. And therefore, the ambulance could not move at the speed that was required. And I was asked to come and uh, receive the patient because at the time we had an arrangement with Machako. So I used to work in both hospitals. So I, I, I was asked by Machakos to go and pick the patient from the other end because there was a river that had flooded. We pick the patient from the other end. We bring them, prepare them, operate on them. But the, uh, fl- uh, the river had flooded. The woman was across. I was on the other side and she died. So some of those things, uh, systemic things, are the ones that uh, push me to say, uh, Dr. Mulu, you may be the best uh, in all the clinical work that you do. But unless uh, the clinicians are facilitated in a, in a good way to deliver what they need to deliver, then it is practically impossible to, to, to deliver what they require. So that is what made me think that uh, probably And I can tell you, when I was in Boni, I never made a single referral uh, after the theater was operational. Uh, sometimes I would do some heroics in terms of uh, managing some fairly complicated cases uh, that another doctor would feel, uh, yeah, let's refer. I left my wife during our pre-wedding and my in-laws to go and do a cesarean section in Boni because I believed that uh, referring a mother, by the time the referral process is over and the mother leaves the hospital, it will take uh, between uh, 30 and 45 minutes. 
driving from uh, where I was to the hospital would take me uh, 25 minutes and add the time for transport to this to the nearest facility which is another 30 minutes add time to prepare to receive the patient and prepare the patient for theater in the next uh, facility that's another hour and if there is a waiting line then you never know it could be many hours so i always chose to sacrifice move even when we were in embu because i would move from embu to do an emergency of a cesarean section in boni uh, which is two and a half hours away because it is shorter anyway than referring that patient because if you refer the patient to machakos by the time they get to machakos it is two hours late by the time they are prepared is three hours so it's easier for me to go and i never referred a single case uh, of uh, of maternity but i realized that all that is not enough uh, you can facilitate many more doctors so that uh, you don't just have a theater in Mboni, Makueni County Referral and Makindu when I came in you can have theaters in Tawa you can have theaters in Kidungu in Sultan in Matiliku and all these places that we did theaters so that uh, more women have access to that service than you alone seated and, wait, and waiting for the patients to come mm -hmm. because uh, clearly the problem with the health system is uh, system wide and not uh, 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 the clinical skills there are very good doctors uh, in this country the doctors are not in the good numbers that we require that are required internationally but the shortage of doctors is not as acute as the shortage of the facilities for the doctors to do what they're supposed to do mm -hmm. um is this conviction or desire to help more people what led you to accepting the job as a CC for health in Makweni. I think uh, for the five or so years that I was in Boni, I was able to, in my own small way, because I would have very candid conversations with the member of parliament, with the local authority leadership, with the communities, and tell them, this is not normal. Because to them, when I went to Mboni, we used to have two, two very old ambulances that were ferrying patients to Machakos, to Makweni. Uh, and every time an ambulance would be on transit, either it's coming to pick a patient or taking a patient. So I, I, we had very candid conversation with them. And to them, the efficiency of, uh, of the health system was uh, how fast the referrals can be done. So I told them, this is not normal. Referral is not the usual thing. We can have a theater here. We can have everything here and do the operations here. And I went to my PDMS then and I told him, uh, Dr. Mburu, we need to have uh, a theater in Boni. Thankfully, there was a building that was there that had been done uh, by the Belgium Technical Corporation. And uh, what was lacking was equipment. I went to, he told me, you can talk to the MP. I went to the MP. That time was Mutula Kilonzo Senior. I went to him and told him, we can't have this. Then within uh, two months after I joined Boni, we had a functional theater. I got an anesthetist and we agreed because I was one doctor, one anesthetist. We agreed that we would work 24-7. So, and we committed ourselves to that for four years. Mm -hmm. Myself and an anesthetist never went for a single leave. Uh, we were working day and night, Monday through Sunday. So what am I saying? I am saying uh, with uh, small changes and we pushed, we got x-rays, we got more facilities in the hospital. We got a, a proper maternity award and all that, working with their partners. 
So I already had learned the art of uh, one mobilizing resources and a continuous improvement of, of system. So I had an overview of uh, what uh, the other hospitals in Makueni were. And therefore, when the opportunity came for me to be a CEC, I did not hesitate because I like already knew what needed to be fixed. And I did that for good eight good years. And on my eighth year, here I am mm-hmm. uh, in the national government. So under your leadership on the health docket in Makueni, I mean, everyone talks about Makueni care, Makueni being, you know, the example of what to do in terms of um, setting up a health system or providing universal health care. How did you achieve this and what is it that other counties are not getting right? First, I think uh, I will start with leadership and say uh, it is the leadership and the prioritization. That uh, one, when I went to Makueni as a CEC, I was clear what I wanted to be. I actually looked at my, I was reviewing my small notebooks uh, and I looked, I got, I, I got, uh, I, f- I passed through a notebook that I had done in 2013 and I had set out five agenda that I wanted to achieve. And uh, one was access to health services uh, uh, in terms of physical access. I had written access in terms of the the services that are being uh, are able to be accessed. Then we talked about healthcare financing. We talked about human resources for health, and the f- the, f- the, f- the fifth one was uh, uh, leadership and governance. So I I looked at the issues and I had done some small notes and said, wow, I did not know that know that in 2021 I will leave Macquarie, but this is exactly what I did. And this is what I leave as a legacy. So the issue as is is one recognizing, uh, looking at health system as a system, and looking at health system that uh, that you have a curative component and preventive and promotive component. And one realizing that uh, primary healthcare is one the pillar of delivering health. Then you will need leadership and governance. You will need health information system. All these. Uh, 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 building uh, blocks uh, for health, so and working on them. What is called uh, in, in 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 contemporary management a balanced scorecard, so that you don't do so much infrastructure at the expense of uh, human resource. You don't do so much financing at the you know you have to balance. So that is the balance that we are able to strike. Actually, if you look at the the scorecards for all the uh, indicators that are tracked in uh, in the country. Why Makweni beats everyone is we may not be number one in any, but we are number two in all. Some counties will be number one on one aspect. They have done very big hospitals, very huge infrastructure, but uh, you realize uh, they have not invested in human resources for health. And those are the things that uh, I, I, I want to imagine have made the difference. Then the other thing is continuous learning. When I became the CEC, I, I did not stop my learning. Of course, I knew what I wanted to fix, but uh, I had to grow my own capacity as a person. So I have been uh, attending one online uh, courses. I have also attended courses uh, in global institutions, short courses, uh, to build my capacity on management. I uh, And that has opened my eyes doing benchmarking. I remember when I went to India, uh, we had had discussions with the 
World Bank team here in Kenya about uh, uh, universal healthcare and janitor universal healthcare. At the time, UHC was not part of the Big Four agenda. At the time, uh, the 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 Millennium Development Goals were still being implemented, and we had not moved to Sustainable Development Goals, where UHC was declared part of uh, of the S, uh, of the SDGs. So we were working from. SD, what is what next? So we had had a lot of conversations, and th- I think through World Bank, I went for a decentralization course uh, in the United States uh, in Harvard uh, to just learn about uh, devolution. What are the challenges? What are the issues? Uh, case studies. I also got an opportunity to learn about uh, managing markets for health, looking at ma- uh, health as a market and how to manage it uh, in India. And it was in India that. I became crystal clear that it is possible to deliver uh, UHC. I remember when I came uh, to Kenya and we were having this conversation how it is possible to have a cheap, inexpensive uh, system of uh, delivering health, uh, protecting the people from uh, catastrophic health expenditure or uh, without payment at point. My first thinking was, let's use NHIF. Then I realized the bureaucracies and uh, uh, and, and the uh, system challenges that I uh, uh, NHIF they would not deliver what I wanted. So I asked myself, must we use what we know? Can't we just make our own? I actually remember one day I said, I am going to come up with a system that will not be NHIF, that will not be uh, anything that is known. And I sat down on my laptop and typed what are now called the Makweni Care uh, Guidelines. I came up with a document that I shared with my team, I shared with the governor, and uh, of course with the input of everyone, we said, yes, it can actually work. Because based on very simple thing, thing, thinking, that uh, people come to facilities, they pay. How much do you get from the payment? You can quantify. People come to facilities, they can't pay for one, some reason or the other. So you, you, you waive. How much is that you can quantify? Then you ask yourself, adjust this to cater for increased service utilization as a result. And at the time, remember, we had already sorted the primary health care. Mm-hmm. We had done uh, over 120 uh, new primary health care facilities, health centers and dispensaries at lower levels so that people would access those services at the lowest level. Mm-hmm. And these facilities had human resource, had commodities, and we were sure that by introducing what we call free or subsidized healthcare at level four and five, we would not get a huge influx, influx because people are already sorted at the commu- at the community level facilities, which worked. And I remember my professional colleagues. Uh, I remember having a conversation with very senior economists in this country and telling me, "Mula, what are you trying?" Uh, then I tell them, "Let it fail, uh, but I think it's worth trying." Seven years down the line, it's working. Everyone wants to do like McQueen yes. and to be it's like McQueen. It's working. Mm. So I think sometimes it's a, it's a, and it comes from where we began this conversation, that uh, having gone through uh, cancellation of resorts, realizing that sometimes you need to work it yourself, your own way, not what has been done by anyone else, also helped and uh, made it easy for me to just take this risk, convince everyone around me, and uh, make a team that uh, really believes in it. And that is what we did. And when we were implementing Makweni Care, I literally, personally, met every healthcare worker, from a sweeper, driver, everyone, to explain to them what is this concept, how will it work, and 
thankfully they actually got it better than i even thought about it so even implementation became very easy because they felt it's something that they own they understand we had had conversations with and uh, that's why i want to attribute success in uh, to it then also the citizens themselves we had conversations with the citizens public participation mm-hmm. so they also understood their roles and uh, our remember roles. pictures of uh, the governor sitting under a tree with the villagers yes uh, mm-hmm. and that is governor kibuda kibwana who he believes very much uh, in the people's power mm-hmm. so he believes uh, no one has monopoly of knowledge mm-hmm. you may be a professor of physics but there are people who have not been to school who know some physics mm-hmm. it is always like that mm-hmm. so listening to people uh, giving communities to have their view is always very important okay um you talked of meeting and talking to all healthcare workers and i remember from 2011 before you went to Makueni as um, CC for health you are involved a lot in um agitating do you call agitating or championing for doctors rights remuneration um did what you were doing at that point um influence also what you're going to do in the county for the healthcare workers actually uh the one reason the other is actually one reason why i was quick to embrace counties is because i thought uh, the ministry was too far from us uh, who are working in the field and in the in the in the in the, in the hospitals to understand the issues that we go through so because uh, i think we used to call afiaos mafiaos uh, i am there so i hope i am not going to be a mafia soon uh, but uh, we 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 i really felt there was a huge uh, gap in terms of uh, understanding the realities of issues on the ground and uh, i remember the, at the when i was employed doctors were earning uh, i was earning 35000 shillings take home uh, net was about 45 maybe 48 and uh, everyone thought you are doctor learned earning very well and uh, i remember uh just like a month or two after my internship i was uh, asked by uh, actually i'd gotten a job with a private organization in nairobi that was paying me 430000 kenya shillings cross which is like 10 times my current my salary then then i went to the province and i wanted to uh, tender my resignation and take up this job then uh, uh the then pdms I, i'll talk about him a lot because he he, he had a way with the young doctors so he told me dr mulwa it's good you have a new job you have a good job well pay but uh, there's more to uh, the job than uh, uh, the pay and therefore you just stay in government uh, he showed me proposed salary changes for doctors that had been proposed and he told me that uh, the those salaries would come our salaries would be like 100k uh, uh, at the time then we felt ah that's uh, that's good so he told he gave me hope and he also told me that uh, you would go to school after 3 years and all and all so in 2010 was it 2010 yes in 2010 a circular is done by the dms then uh, i am the dms today so Uh, it says no more trainings uh, of the postgraduate training i lost hope i still remember i was in matu and i lost hope 
and I called a few young guys that I knew who would agitate and we that's how actually we formed the doctors union because that was immediately after the promulgation of the constitution and therefore uh, the embargo on doctors for mina union had been lifted that's how we formed a union to agitate because I felt I felt hopeless I had already uh, wasted my years uh, supposedly and the reason why I thought the, the 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 dividend that I would get by working in government was to get at least postgraduate training then it was not to be then now uh, I so out of that we 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 formed the union and we agitated I think the first strike of 2011 Mm-hmm. I was in the forefront. Mm-hmm. I was We still have very much of you in the, yeah. and <laughs> the uh, I have seen strikes in uh, uh, in South Africa, I've seen strikes in Ghana, Nigeria for doctors and my photo is in their newspapers. So it must have been a picture that was talking about the true suffering of doctors. That time I think I was 48 kgs or under. Mm. Uh, so I was malnourished and uh, you know that is I think is the picture that you media people <laughs> want to <laughs> give out there when there is a strike that doctors are suffering i was indeed suffering <laughs> so uh, so we 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 start fighting we start agitating then uh, devolution comes to me i look it at, at it as an opportunity now where issues that we have been raising can be handled at a smaller sc- uh, level and scale and therefore we could have more of the people who believe in the in in in, in the rights and welfare of doctors uh, being in charge because by me being in charge and having been the chair of the union in the lower eastern uh, region then what more would unions come and tell me and that's why it was was very easy to employ more doctors uh, paying them promptly and all that we have never had issues with payments in Makweni county even when counties have uh, cash flow issues we have always made sure that that is done remittances of, of of deductions and all that has been done all the issues that doctors raise insurance so that doctors don't provide for services that they can't uh, afford. afford so those are the things that uh, when i was of course there was a departure at some point uh, with the doctors union when i felt the agitation had moved from real issues to activism and an activism that uh, i felt because at the time i was on the other side now i was on the government side i felt Uh, in 2017 uh, 1617 uh, that uh, the agitation that was coming through would hurt negatively the doctor's profession especially the young doctor and that's why in 2017 i was against that strike uh, because the protractors the 100 day strike because i was in government i knew the resources that the government had and i knew that as a profession we were living in a glass house in the sense doctors would uh, uh, finish internship they are absorbed no one used to ask whether the money had been appropriated and all that so that uh, 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 long strike that crisis opened the eyes of all the planners then they started asking where do we get this money to employ doctors every year how come they are absorbed immediately uh, then so we our glass bubble burst and that's why i see the young doctor today he's as a resort suffering mm-hmm. because of that uh, activism because yes we it, it yes what the government is doing is not wrong 
in any way because uh, uh, all professions there must be a vacancy before someone is employed and all that but if we had taken some more time we would have uh, established a system that would guarantee that doctors would be absorbed immediately after internship. after grad, after internship if the agitation would come after that then i would say yes it's right but at the time when it came uh, right idea wrong timing mm -hmm. and uh, we have lived the consequences i think when i meet with uh, my colleagues who are in the union then i think they agree with me that uh, the timing was wrong mm -hmm. and has cost uh, us as a profession okay hopefully some of those things will be rectified so that you know we don't have uh, all the issues that doctors raised and we can have that system that you are talking about now with all of this busy schedule, Boni, you are working 24-7. Makueni County, obviously, you are very busy. Now you're in the uh, national government, very busy. What time do you get for family? What time do I get for family? Uh, God has been gracious. I have uh, one very understanding uh, family. Uh, they give me the leeway to go and work and do the things that uh, I would imagine I would not get uh, from uh, other people. So, yeah, I have time with my girls. Uh, however little time that we get, uh, uh, and boy, we have quality time. So I, I, I work uh, hard, I work late, I work, I raise early, but uh, I create time. Sundays, uh, especially are my family days. So Sundays we... We do KFC. Well, my children have grown a bit, so they know KFC now. So we spoil <laughs> each other a bit. Uh, we go, we go places. We 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 do dinners. I sometimes cook for the family. So I have some quality time. I think uh, my firstborn daughter Michelle, who is now uh, Form in Form One, uh, I think would not complain about having a busy father. In fact. Uh, from my conversations with her, our colleagues envy her that the daddy has a lot of time for her, which despite being very busy, uh, but I, cre I create some quality time, maybe two hours, three hours, five hours, but I make sure that it's quality and consistent. Mm. So that's something that I've worked on and uh, has really helped. It's really a balancing act uh, that, uh, yeah, family mm -hmm. is very important. Uh, yeah, it's very important. What next for you? Now I'm back in the Ministry of Health. I am uh, doing the same job that I was doing in McQueen to a scale of 47. So, uh, one, I am not the, the ultimate authority uh, in health in the Republic. I have my bosses and uh, I have to help uh, my bosses and the Ministry of Health to transform the ministry in a way that, uh, one, we change the public perception out there that uh, we are mafia to be a true mafia house. I will uh, uh, work uh, to just change that so that anyone who is coming to the Ministry of Health knows is a place of uh, transparency, accountability, and responsiveness to the needs of the people of Kenya, recognizing that uh, health is devolved 
and we need to uh, strengthen the counties to be able to deliver health. And where uh, there are challenges like uh, issues of postgraduate trainings and sharing of specialists and uh, even the general management of human resources for health, we work closely with the counties and uh, get mechanisms to ensure that those uh, industrial uh, sector uh, issues are resolved and uh, we have a smooth, uh, responsive health system that is addressing issues of health. The next journey in the health of this country is about quality of care. Uh, the next journey of uh, health in this country is realizing that uh, as a country, our economy has been rebased and we cannot continue relying on donors for uh, very critical uh, issues. COVID-19 response being amongst them that uh, we are getting um, vaccines from uh, the COVAX mechanism as donations. We are getting vaccines from countries as donations. We have, as a country, been able to purchase uh, 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 the J&J vaccines, about mm -hmm. one point, 13 million doses. But because of the uh, vaccine nationalization, we can't have them. Even when we have the money, we can't have the vaccines when we want. So those are the issues of the, system, uh, the health sector that we need to think beyond now the, the clinics, the health facilities, and think about the industry mm -hmm. as a, the health as a market, like I told you uh, mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. So that is what I, I hope in the next uh, four years, four, five years, uh, we should be able to accomplish. Then, uh, after that, once I look back and say, I, 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 when we came in, Afia was mafia and is now Afia, then we can now think about the next level. Am I ready to join uh, politics? Maybe no, but I'm enjoying uh, health management. If mm -hmm. I can continue working in this space of management, as, of health, uh, would be good. Okay. If being a governor is part of that, why not? Thank you. Thank you, Mula. What a good place to end. It's always a pleasure talking to you. It's always an inspiration having a conversation with you about uh, the things that you have done, the things that you're planning to do. Uh, that's where we wrap up this conversation with Dr. Andrew Muloa. Uh, I usually like to see him as somebody whose crises and tragedy have inspired him to greater heights um, from his experiences as you've had. He's been able to accomplish and do a lot more and is not yet 40. Thank you very much for listening in to Doctors and Must with me, Dr. Masi Korir. Tune in next time, same time, same place, uh, where we continue to unmask the next doctor. If you want anyone else to be featured on this podcast, reach me at Dr. Masi Korir on Twitter and we'll be able to have them on the hot seat as we unmask them. Thank you. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 